In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the beginning of our Holy Mass, the collect identical in its 1962 and 2000 version in the Masali Romanum, prayed to God, who through the fruitful virginity of Blessed Mary bestowed on the human race the grace of eternal salvation. Grant, we pray, that we may experience the intercession of her through whom we were found worthy to receive the author of life. And so consider for a few moments this focus on Our Lady's fruitful virginity. The octave day of Christmas over the centuries has been a time when the church has focused on a variety of of mysteries, all related. On the eighth day, the young boy would have been circumcised by his father, given his name, inscribed into the covenant with Abraham. At the same time, the church, seeking to remind the faithful the identity of this Savior of ours, gave to Our Lady the title Mother of God so that we would be drawn clearly and simply into a mystery we will never exhaust, that He is the only begotten Son of God the Father, the second person of the Holy Trinity, God who has existed from all time. He is God. This boy, born of Mary, really is God. And he has truly taken on our human nature. He has become man. The word is made flesh. And so she truly is his mother. And he truly is God. And how does this mystery come about? Now, for many centuries, the church focuses our attention On her fruitful virginity. Deus qui salutis eterna beata Maria virginitate fecunda, umano rogenari premia prestitisti. We honor Mary as virgin, not just before our Lord was born, and not just simply as ever virgin after he was born, but we're even drawn into this mystery of her virginity even in giving birth to him. The first centuries of Christian literature were not as circumspect in speaking about this mystery of her virginity even in childbearing. But we understand the spiritual mystery to be far more profound than the physical. She gave birth precisely because She was found worthy. 
She was chosen to be the mother of God, not in spite of her virginity, but because of her virginity. There's another moment in the sacred liturgy when we refer to this mystery, her fruitful virginity. It's in the preface for the Blessed Virgin Mary. Again, in Latin, it's identical in the 1962 and in the 2000 Massali Romanum. And yet it speaks more of God as being operative in keeping Our Lady Virgin. Quae et unigenitum tuum sancti spiritus obumbratione concepit, and here's the phrase, et virginitatis gloria permanente, lumen eternum mundo effudit Jesum Christum Dominum nostrum. God brings the light, the eternal light to the world and maintains the glory of Our Lady's virginity. At this Mass, however, we pray the preface for the Nativity, given that we remain in the octave. But Our Lady's fruitful virginity isn't just a mystery for this particular day. It touches upon every aspect of our divine worship. It continues to be a necessary aspect for the way that God comes into the world, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The Word is made flesh, and the Holy Eucharist is given to us. Again, through man, by the power of God, but through a fruitful virginity. All of this happens at the same time that the church acknowledges that the Roman calendar, which it adopted and baptized, which Pope Gregory XIII perfected, starts anew. And it helps us to remember what it really is for something to be new. We easily use the word new to describe something different, an experience not had before. For some people, that new experience might be losing a game. For others, it might be winning a game. For a teenager, getting a 15-year-old vehicle with 200,000 miles, that's a new car. But new doesn't simply mean different or new to me. Think of it as a verb or a past participle. What does it mean to renew something? For something to be renewed, to be restored, to be brought back to its original beauty and perfection. Outside of this Christian mystery, a new life born into the world can inescapably remind us of inevitable death. The beauty and the joy of a new baby is, is tarnished by original sin, such that it, it simply means inevitable suffering and separation from God. 
What is new is our Savior born into the world to save us from sin and death, to rescue us from hell. The day of his circumcision, then, is not the moment when this baby begins to experience death. But when this baby boy was circumcised by his father, it was the beginning of eternal life, shedding blood for our salvation. This is new. Not just because it's different, because it restores everything to its perfection so that it fulfills its purpose. Consider, too, how Our Lady's fruitful virginity is operative here and sometimes observing. True virginity isn't merely refraining from certain things. It means truly belonging to God, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way. It is an activity. Sometimes it demands action, whether it be prayer or work. And sometimes it means refraining from action, to be peaceful, to meditate, to contemplate, to allow God to work, to observe Him in you or in others. And so here she is, the mother of this child on his eighth day out of the womb, and it's her husband. who does the circumcising and the naming. We recognize wisdom in the church putting on our lips the prayer of the Veni Creator. Our Lady's fruitful virginity gave us our Savior because of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And so at one and the same time, we're presented with an event, but the event isn't the focus of our attention. We look at Our Lady in her motherhood, in her fruitful virginity, but that's not even the focus of attention. It is God. It is God and His Holy Spirit bringing about the incarnation and the birth of our Savior. As I mentioned a week ago, it's beautiful when, when the prayers are so familiar and the chants are already on our heart that we can simply close our eyes and, and pray. And even though we'll be able to follow many of the words and the phrases and, and already know the tune of the Veni Creator, for a moment now, listen to the words that will be our song as they were those of Mary. Creator Spirit, come visit the souls that are yours. Fill with heavenly grace the hearts that you created. You are called by the names of Paraclete, gift of God most high, spring of life, fire, love, and the soul's anointing. Seven gifts are yours to give. You are the finger of the Father's right hand. You, the clear promise of the Father, give men's tongues the grace of speech. Kindle a light in our minds. 
Pour love into our hearts and uphold with your unfailing strength the frailty of our human nature. Drive our enemy far from us and give us always the gift of peace. So may it be that with your grace ever guiding us in this way, we may avoid all that is sinful. Grant that through you we may know the Father and the Son, and we may ever believe you to be the Spirit of both the Father and the Son. To God the Father be glory, and to the Son who rose from the dead, and to the paraclete for all ages. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.